0: Stirring the pot with drip kitchen.
1: I didn't even tell you what happened at the end of the DMV experience today. What? I, like, I held open this door for this guy, and while I was holding the door open, I noticed that there was a dollar bill on the ground, like on the stairs going out of the DMV. So I picked up the dollar bill, and it was like folded. But it was actually folded and inside it was $25 inside. So I got $26 I found on the ground. Oh, hell yeah. yeah.
2: That's fucking awesome. That's always, that's a good day.
1: Isn't that so random? $26? Like who finds $26 on the ground?
0: I One day I found 40 bucks in a Best Buy parking lot. And it made me feel so awkward because it was like two 20s that were like folded up in each other. And, like, I don't know, I, like, did one of those look-arounds so that if anybody did see me, it did look like I was, like... (laughs) You know, you just, like, look around with it up a little bit, like, this is me trying. (laughs) Nobody! Nobody claimed it, and so I pocketed it, but I was kind of, like, I felt, like, really guilty and weird about it. Like, I should have tried, but I was, like, meh.
1: I called Nanny because I was, like, I don't know if I should, like, go in. And he's, like, if you ask people... If it's theirs, there's going to be 10 people that stand up and say, yep, it's mine.
2: Yeah, at that point, like, there's really not much you can do. I mean, I found a decent amount of money, but I've also lost a decent amount of wallets. So I'm, like, probably right in the middle here. But one time I found a $20 bill at the Antelope Canyon, and when I picked it up, I came up and I, like, smashed my head on part of the rock. So I'm like, damn, maybe that was, like, bad juju.
1: (laughs) But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a wallet is way different than, like, finding just dollar bills on the ground.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, like, there's no way of getting it back to them. It's unmarked money here. And then, like, not only that, but a wallet? A wallet could have, like, sentimental shit. Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to send someone to the DMV because I'm a piece of shit.
2: (laughs) I lost my license one time in Boston, and um, I lost, they took obviously like the cash in my cards, but um, someone called and said they found my license on like a park bench. Wow. Well, they found me on Facebook, but yeah, and then I got my license back.
0: That's Awesome. See, that's what I would want back the most, because you know what a bitch it is to have to go get like another license. Oh, I know. I- it's miserable. It's just such a miserable atmosphere to have to be in. It was good
1: until the late. Like there's pregnant lady behind me, and she kept sighing every time they called anyone else's name but her. She'd just go.
0: I feel like what do you new? You know how this works. They make you wait until you're ready to just fucking end it.
1: Taylor was um, like, she was like, just doing her breathing exercises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till you see the new shirts we just made.
0: Yeah, I asked you for one already. I was like, what the fuck? I want one. I fucking work here. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I I'm, just like I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding for free.
1: Not only, we'll give you one. On this week, we have, uh, on this week's episode, we are talking to Amanda Sorensen. She's a Formula Drift prospect driver and a motorsports athlete. She's also like half our age, so she's going to show us how to make TikToks. (laughs) I'm so excited. Her TikToks are so cool. And ours are so bad. (laughs) All right, let's get her on the line. Well, how are you?
3: Good, how are you guys? Good. Wait, so who is everyone? Well, I guess that doesn't really, kind of. Um, so I'm Taylor.
1: I'm Alexis. So, like, she and I kind of do the, like, event
0: part of the Drift Kitchen.
3: Oh, gotcha.
0: And I'm Kim, and basically I just help out with the podcast and I do all the event posters.
3: Okay. Kim, Alexis, and Taylor. <clears throat> Taylor. I oh, I'm just really gonna turn a light in. on. I really suck at names, so I'm gonna turn her. Oh,
1: that's okay. It's we like... usually do too. <laughs> and we only met briefly at. Um, I think I was pro Brodown.
3: Um, in where are we? Yeah, New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm. I would say, where are you from? Uh, so, I'm from Vegas, but I live in Salt Lake right now because I'm going to school out here.
1: Cool. Is that where you were out doing, like, the
3: motorcycle stuff yesterday? Um, That was in southern Utah, so, like, Cedar City. Okay. Yes. Hell,
1: oh, yeah. That was really cool. Um, so,
2: you are a Prospect driver, right? Yes. Cool. Do you want to tell us about, like, your car? And are you the youngest driver?
3: Yeah, so it's just me and Kelsey. Um, I don't know who Kelsey is, though. Actually, that's a really good question. I've never really asked her. But I'm 18, so okay. I am the youngest. I'm the second youngest. My brother's actually the youngest licensed Formula Drift driver. He is 17, but he got his license when he was 14 and I was 15. So he got his Pro his Pro 2 license when he was 14, and I got mine when I was 15. And then, not last year, but the year before, he moved up to Pro 1. But he didn't didn't compete last year. We just started competing this year. Hell yeah. Um, And what car are you competing in right now? So, I drive a BMW. It's an E46 M 3 but it has an M4 body kit on it. And it has an LS3 with a Magnuson supercharger. Hell yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super
1: fun. Did you have like the engine built by somebody? Or is it like a stock um, engine?
3: Yeah, we actually have our own engine builder that lives in Vegas. And so okay. he does all our engines for us.
0: That's so cool. what exactly got you into drifting and wanting to be a part of that?
3: literally most random thing ever, so, um, one of my friends that, um, he has, he was working for this place called Speed Vegas, or not Speed Vegas, it was BOR, which is Vegas Off-Road Racing Experience, and when I was 14, I believe, I was out there, like, in the summer, kind of helping them out with, like, the, um... Like, with the off-roading stuff, because I come from an off-roading background. So, I started, when I was super young, my dad, who used to race desert, um, put my brother and I into BMX. And then from there, him and I jumped into go-karting. After go-karting, we went into the side-by-side stuff and was racing the Lucas Oil Series with them in the mod carts. And my rookie year, I actually won the championship in the Lucas Oil side-by-side class. And then that was in 2016, so in 2017, we started going hard after more of, like, Desert Series. And um, I was racing a Razor at the time and racing in the Lucas Oil Series, so I was racing four classes, two classes. I had the championship on lockdown, and my brother as well had the championship on lockdown. And then, like, in my free time, I would go help out at, like, this Vegas off-road racing experience place. And um, my brother actually was too young to be racing in the class he was racing in. We were racing in the work series. And so we got kicked out. Uh, we both had two championships, like, on lockdown for that season in 2017. And they were, like, one of the other drivers found out how old he was. He was 13 at the time. I think you had to be 14 or 15 to race in the class that he was racing in. However, we've been racing in the series, like, forever. So, I mean, like, they knew how old we were. Nobody nobody said anything. And so, we actually... I didn't get kicked out of points. However, he did. So, it was just kind of like, oh, like, we just went hard after two. Four championships. Like, two for me, two for him. And then he got disqualified for the whole entire previous... Like, any event... Prior to him being, um, I think it is 14, I think it was 14, they were disqualifying him. So he had two events left. And they were like, oh, the next two events, like, you can drive in, but, like, not tell you're 14. And so we were like, well, that's kind of crappy. Like, we just spent all this time, like, investing into this series, and then we got kicked out because one of the dudes protested us because they were mad that... My my 13-year-old brother at the time was beating everyone. And so (laughs) one of my friends was like, hey, want to come drive a drift car? And I was like, sure. He's the guy that was, like, running the drift portion of the Vegas off-road racing experience. And so we went and we – actually, my brother was out of town that weekend. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll be driving on Saturday, but on Friday, like, the car will just be sitting there. You can go take it out. So, it's just a stock BMW. I went and I started driving it. And my brother saw pictures and he's like, What the heck? Like, I want to do that. And so, and because I've, he's 16 months younger than I am. So, like, every single thing that we do, it's always like a competition. It's a push to see who can do something better. So, it's like when he tries something, I'm like, Oh, I want to try. Or I try something, he wants to try. And,. Which just kind of, like, pushed me into the drifting because I wasn't too interested in it. In for, like, at first, I was enjoying it, but I was raised in the desert. Like, the desert is where my heart was. I was like, I want eventually to have a full-blown, like, built trophy truck and a trophy truck team. And I want to go race, like, Baja 1000 and do all that stuff. And so, I really wasn't too focused on the drifting stuff when we got into it. Um... We bought one car right after that weekend, and it was a stock BMW. We call it our beater car now because it's literally been driven to hell and back, and it's still alive. Do you guys um, still drive it at all? Yes, we do. I actually... I think my brother's going to bring it up to Salt Lake this weekend, and we're going to go drift it. But, so then, I was like, eh, like, we bought one car. My brother and I shared a car for a good year, and this was in 2017, and... It was like he burned a set of tires, I burned one. I really was just like not all about it. I was going to school full time still, and I just graduated high school. I graduated when I was 16. So um, I started all my college stuff, and I was like, all right, like college classes, I'm just going to be like fully de- dedicated to that stuff and just like kind of stand by the side while my brother goes and does the drift thing. And then in 2018, um, they, my brother bought Alex Heilbrun's old drift car, and so then it was like, oh, I had my own car, and I was like, alright, like, now that I have my own car and I'm not sharing a car with my brother for a year, um, I kind of had more, it was just more, like, focused on me, I got to go burn as many tires as I wanted, it wasn't like, oh, just one set for me, eight for him, and, um, then after that, uh, I just kind of waited patiently. They're like, "All right, we're gonna build you a drift car. Like, we're gonna. It's gonna be like kind of our test car before we build brand brand new one." I was like, "Okay." So I spent every single day in the garage building this car, and we built it in three months. It was a bare chassis. Um, the goal was to have it done before LS Fest, and so. Literally at LS Fest. My car caught on fire twice. Like, it was just the brand new car issues that we were having. Um, But it was fun because I spent every single day in the garage with my brother and my dad and my crew. And, like, we built a car literally from, like, scratch. Like, so it was kind of cool because I've never done that before. We've always just bought, like, the razors. And then you add, like, all the aftermarket parts on after. But never anything from, like, the bare chassis. And so we built the... The BMW that I drift today is the one that we built um, in-house. And then, at the time, I decided... My brother and I went to the U.S. Drift shootout, which it was towards the end of 2018, I believe. Yeah. And um, my brother actually won it. That was the one-time event where they give out the Pro 2 license if you win. And so, my brother won it, and he had never competed in any Pro-Am series I think we did maybe one um, Southwest Drift event, but it was never anything like, oh, we're going to chase a championship because we were still kind of like getting our feet wet. Mm -hmm. But he ended up, he got taken out in one of the battles, but it was a double elimination bracket. So he lost to one battle, so then he was in the loser's bracket, made his way up to the top of the loser's bracket, and then he won. He had to beat the winner of the winner's bracket twice to win. And so he actually beat the winner of the winner bracket twice and got his his Pro 2 license. So then at the time, I was like, oh, well, he has his Pro 2 license. I did the Drift League that year, and I don't remember how I finished in points, but it was with that brand-new car. So it was like my first event, I remember I drove into the wall in Irwindale. So then I actually ended up driving my brother's backup car which was the car, Alex Heilbrun's old drift car. And then the event after that, um... I had car issues, too, because it was a brand-new car. And it wasn't until, like, the third event in that I was like, okay, my car is not catching on fire anymore, it's actually working. Like, it was not a disaster. And, um... I won the third event in the Pro-Am series. It was the drift league. And I placed third. And then, um... It's cool, too, because those other guys that, like, I used to compete with are now all in pro spec with me, and so it's, like, we kind of, like, started from the bottom together, and we all have, like, developed friendships, and, um, so that was kind of cool, like, actually driving in the Pro-Am series, but because I had such a large racing background... I was like, well, my brother's already driving. I still wasn't too serious about drifting. I was like, I want to build the trophy truck. Like, I want to go race desert. That's where my heart is. And I was still going to school full time and working. And so I was like, eh, like, I don't really know if I want to do Pro 2. But then when my brother got his Pro 2 license, I was like, well, if he's going, like, I might as well go. Like, he's already there. Might as well just haul the other car. And so <laughs> I petitioned into Pro 2, and I got in. That was the same year that we had Carolina, Kelsey, and me. So there's three females driving, which has been the most females driving in, like, Formula Drifts history. And so that was cool because the year that I win, there was two other girls. But then Carolina backed out last year. And um, I actually – I don't remember how I did – Pro 2 last year, not last year, but in 2019. Um, I just remember that it was a lot of learning, like, especially because we had both cars, so, like, we would both go out with completely separate setups and kind of bounce back and forth with the data. And then, um, so it was kind of like a lot of learning, learning car setups. I've only raced on dirt, so I really only came from a dirt background, like, It's crazy because we drift all the time in the dirt stuff, but it's like we just kind of hit the jump and we throw it sideways and then, like, go throughout the turn. And we're next to, like, 20 other people going, like, five wide down a straightaway. It's not anything that's new. So it was, like, getting next to someone and driving tandem, that was completely normal to me. I'm used to, like, being right up on everyone's door. But the weird part was, like, just figuring out the car because everything was different from dirt. I've never drifted, so I was like, "Okay, well, the whole team was really learning. There's a lot of setups that we were trying, and a lot of car issues that we were working out." So, but then um, last year, my brother was one position off of getting his pro one license. Not last year, but 2019. And so, um, we petitioned him into pro one, and they're like, "Okay, but because of how old he is and like circumstances." He was 15 at the time, so they were like, we want him to run Pro 1 and Pro 2. And so we were like, Pro 1 and Pro 2, and I'm running Pro 2, so that's three events in one weekend. But then the COVID thing happened, and so they are like, oh, we're going to do two events in one weekend. Because they have their contracts with their tire sponsors and everyone else that they promise them eight events. So it's like, at that time, we were like, oh, so six events in one weekend? Like, that's insane because it would be double-header for both of us, and then he's in both classes, and I'm in pro too. So we're like, all right, we're sitting out this year. Um, my brother wanted to go for Rookie of the Year, so that was a really big thing that we were... that which he's, uh, he is Rookie of the Year this year as of right now. Um, and so that was a goal that we were like, okay, well, we need to make sure it's going to work out on our end. <clears throat> and last year we decided to... Um, build another drift car. So we built this new drift car, which is my brother's car. And, um, we also, there's just a lot of things like when COVID hit, everyone kind of like in my family just slowed down. We're all very, very busy. There's a lot of things that I have a 10 year old, younger brother that is also into racing. So it kind of like made a step back and be like, okay, well, what are we going to prioritize? Because there's a lot of things that we could do. And, That's kind of, it wasn't until this year that I really, like, fell in love with drifting, honestly, because I was always just so dead set on building a trophy truck team. And I was like, I want to drive in the desert so bad. Like, that's where my heart is. It's just so fun. Like, I'm literally, when, in 2019, when I was driving in Formula Drift, it was like, oh, I'm flying across the country to go drive five times, 30 seconds each, and see fans, like, that was the most exciting part was the fans it wasn't even the driving anymore but then as i started to develop my car and develop my team i feel like this year i have kind of i feel like i'm more at the level of being at pro 2 so or pro spec so it's more enjoyable for me being there for sure and they also have different format of competition so That's nice, too, although I didn't qualify last round. It was, like, literally my worst weekend ever. I don't – I mean, we all need, like, our bad weekends, but um, it was just one thing after another. It was insane. So, um, yeah, literally, like, it wasn't until Orlando that I was, like, actually, like, this is what I want to do. I was really just kind of here for the fun of it. Like, I enjoyed being here part-time. You know what I'm saying? Do you still
2: have plans to build the desert truck or I'm sorry, I forget what you called it. But <laughs> oh, I,
3: yes, I actually, I bought a trophy truck at the beginning of this year. Um, we are racing in the Mint 400, which is super cool because I raced the Mint 400 three years ago, but it wasn't in our truck. It was um, a trophy light, which is a lot slower. So we're racing, I'm racing my own truck, and then my brother's racing a class one, and then we're also doing drift demos at the desert race, so that'll be super cool, which is, it's cool to bring a lot of, like, my desert friends and families, like, into the drifting scene, and, like, kind of, they can get a perspective of what it's like, and then vice versa, like, bring the drifting scene into the desert scene. Because it's crazy, like, they are two completely different worlds, (laughs) even just, like, the demographic of both is completely different.
2: When is your younger brother going to start drifting, or has he already started?
3: <laughs> um, so, <laughs> he's actually, I don't know, he's kind of different, because I've always had my brother, who is, like I said, 16 months younger than me, so it's like we have competition built in us, mm-hmm. to where he just kind of looks at both of us, and he's like, I know I'm better, but, like, he doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't really have, like, that competition. Oh, I want to go out and compete in drifting or whatever. Like, he's just like, oh, I'm here for the fun. So he definitely, he says that the beater car is his car. And he's like, oh, that's my drift car. And I'm like, you're 10 years old. You are not driving that yet (laughs) but it's so funny because we have two simulators at home and when me and Brandon are playing on the one simulator he'll go and hop on the other so we'll always play live with each other and so he kind of has like that drifting practice but he races dirt bikes right now and he kind of does a little bit of the side-by-side stuff but not a lot of it
2: do you think so you have simulators at home do you think that that helps with your driving like in real life we've had a lot a lot of like yes and no
3: It helps so much that I just moved up to Utah, and I literally am having a friend bring my simulator up right now, (laughs) because I haven't driven in a week, and I'm like, I need my simulator, so I'm either going to put it in my tiny little apartment right in the kitchen, or (laughs) I'm going to bring it to my house up here, but I was like, I need my simulator, 100%, (laughs) and my brother has, my brother literally has over, I think they said 7,000 hours on his simulator, and he's had it since, um, right when we started, honestly, so I would say around 2018, but that's where he learned to drive. When COVID hit, him and I bought two simulators and set up two simulators, and just literally, I never really drifted because I didn't have drift friends. I find that being a female in this sport, not a lot of guys are very, like, I haven't really became friends a lot of, with a lot of the guys because they're older however like in the racing in the desert industry like a lot of my friends are my age so i go hop on the simulator and play like um a lot of the desert races on there with them so i was doing that during covid while my brother was over here playing on a set of corso with everyone
1: okay i feel like but you got a 100- hundred up- percent I feel like you gotta hook up with uh, our friend Mini Truck Mommy because she's into like the like dirt off-road stuff, and she's also into drifting. I think she's out your way.
3: Awesome.
1: I didn't even know on the sim- I thought the simulator was just drifting.
2: I'm not gonna lie, I had no idea that you could play all these other <laughs> types of racing on it.
3: <laughs> I actually there's also this game that I have on there um, for monster trucks because I drive monster trucks every once in a while. Yeah, that's crazy. I what... never think... Go ahead.
1: Um, What's, like, out of all the different sports and stuff you do, like, what's your favorite, like, extreme sport?
3: That's my most asked question, literally. And <laughs> I tell everyone, drifting and desert racing are two very different things to compare. There's a reason why I do more than one thing, because not one just has, like... My full attraction. I like guess. I think you have two. You get the best of both worlds. I think when you're going and racing desert because desert racing, it's like you get the adrenaline, you get the fast. It's the unknowns. Like I'm racing from when I raced the 400 a few years ago. Like our race started at 4:30 and I didn't end until nine o'clock that night. Like that's 4:30 to nine o'clock of straight driving through the desert. Not knowing, like, you're in daylight, then you're in the dark, and then you're in dust, and then you're behind people. You know when you're drifting and you can't see anything because there's smoke? Like, do that all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, following people, passing people, it's insane. So, I think that the desert racing is definitely super... I mean, it's very enjoyable, which I I think... That's why, like, I say my heart has it. But then again, also, like, it doesn't have the audience or the demographic that drifting does. So it's kind of hard to be like, like I don't go to a desert race and I have fans all over, like all around me. It's like I go to a desert race and I don't really see people other than the people on the sidelines, but it's not, I don't know. There's definitely like that, that question is so hard to answer and I try to answer it, but like, then again, like I just, I enjoy it all. Like monster trucks are fun because Like, you have the audience, too, but then that's also freestyle. It's not really, like, you're racing. You get an adrenaline because you're running over things and you're jumping. Like, you you would never believe until you actually sat in a monster truck, but I don't look out my windshield, I look out my floorboard. And I also have a steering wheel, but I also have a rear steer, which is on a joystick. So it's like... I'm driving with a joystick, and I'm driving with the steering wheel, and then I'm looking out my floorboard, lining myself up with something, because you're so high up in the air, you can't see what's right in front of you, so that's, like, there's a whole bunch of different things that come with each motorsport that I do, even, like, riding dirt bikes, like, dirt bike riding, I've always rode dirt bikes my whole entire life, but I've never, I've done one dirt bike race, however, like, With that, it's fun because you just literally go out, you do whatever. It's fun to ride your dirt bike because you can literally go wherever as long as the trees aren't too tight. But like I said, with everything, like there's a different adrenaline that comes with it. I think the most adrenaline rushing thing, like they all actually kind of equal the same amount of adrenaline at the end of the day.
2: We're going to have to come when you guys do the... um the monster trucks because that's like whole other world and I God that I'm
1: like picturing it now like looking through the floorboards to see where you're going and that sounds insane I feel like I'm well set up for that just the way that I sit in the tundra I feel like I'd really be into monster trucks (laughs)
3: Uh, yeah it's definitely when I got in it they're like like there's plexiglass all on the ground and like you literally you have your seat and you have your floorboard where your pedals are but then you look to your right, and you look to your left, and it's literally the ground. Like, because that's how you get out, is you hop out your seat, and you go to the ground. Like, was, I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't, I don't look out the windshield, I look out the floorboard.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to give your,
0: that a try. <laughs> your life is, like, way cooler than ours, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's very diverse. There's a lot of things that I've been put into but i mean it's cool because there's a lot of opportunities that i've been given however it's like i still don't know what i want to do you know like there's so many things that are in front of me and it's just like well i've i guess i could check that one off the bucket list like i went to a monster truck and then but it's kind of crazy like even this year i would say this year has been like the most like life-changing year in my like childhood of growing up I guess you could say because it was all of a sudden that I was like wow like I really love drifting and I think a lot of people are starting to realize my potential in the drift world because I am for one 18 in the like the millennial sport and it's a male-dominated sport so my Instagram like I was going through my analytics earlier and looking at my insights and take a guess at what my percentage for male to female is.
1: I'm going to say 80-20.
2: I was going to say roughly that, but I'll say like 90-10, I guess.
0: That was what I was going to say. I was going to (laughs) say 90% male, 10% female.
3: I'm 97% male and 3% female.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
3: it's insane. And so it's like, I think a lot, and like, I had this Instagram blow up, and it's at, like, 12.1 million views. It was literally within the last three months that I've gained 80,000 followers. It was insane. And so, especially, I, and it was weird, too, because, like, I just did the formula Drift TakeOver in St. Louis, and, like, I only gained 2,000 followers from that. They have 1 million. But I was also going through their insights, and I was like, wow, I have more engagement in my insights than they do, but it's crazy because not a lot of my a lot of my followers are from the United States, but I also have places like Europe and like all these different countries, and it's crazy because like never in million years did I think like oh I was gonna be an influencer.
2: Yeah, I saw the video that you had made with all the drivers and the sunglasses. That was oh, so yeah.
3: cool. <laughs> It's fun, because, like, I'm the young, like, female, and then I'm, like, I have all these TikTok trends that I'm kind of, like, on, and so I'm, like, hey, guys, put these sunglasses on. They're, like, Amanda, what are you up to now? I'm just, like, oh, you know, just, like, we're on the TikTok trends. (laughs) You need
1: to show us old farts how to do it, because, like, we're trying to figure it out ourselves for, like, Drift Kitchen and stuff, and it's, it's difficult.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we try. Honestly, like... I really wasn't, I, I am taking so many turns on my life right now that I'm like, all right, I'm dropping my construction major and I'm changing it to marketing because I don't know why I just find so much joy in like making videos and sponsorship proposals, posters, like all of these things, like in just marketing myself, like I don't do it because someone's telling me to do it. I do it because I enjoy it. Like I enjoy making these videos they are so fun.
2: Dude, the most genius one that I just saw of yours was the legally blonde one, and then you're like, "Oh, like I'm playing the sim."
3: <laughs> oh, the, uh, it's like you're breaking up with me because I'm too blonde.
2: Yeah, I thought that one was gold. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I gotta learn. because
3: I literally, I just got like I just went super blonde, so I was like, "Oh, this is fun!" Like I was gonna make it at the hair salon, like, "Oh, you're breaking up with me because I'm too blonde," and like do the beginning to like the end. And do a transition of my hair. But then I saw this girl and she's like, you're breaking up with me because I'm two. And then she put, like, whatever it was. I think it was, like, soccer or something. And I was like, oh, I should do that. But honestly, it's like making those trends your own trend is what is kind of... It's kind of like how these other influencers are getting ahead. It's because they'll take a trend and then they'll kind of put a turn on it to make it their own. Or... Even just, like, the one video, how it's, like, the one that blew up was, I actually found it on TikTok. It had, like, 50 likes at the time, and it's it was posted for, like, two months. And I was, like, first, for the longest time, my, my whole entire TikTok was, like, gym talk is what it was. Like, hashtag gym talk. Meal preps, workouts, and I'm, like... Is it telling me that I need to go to the gym or something? Like, what is this? And then finally I got out of it, and it started giving me, like, these automotive things. And it was, like, race cars and, like, all of these car videos. And I saw this one, and it was, like, what are we driving? And then it went into, like, this really catchy song. But Instagram Reels is where it's at right now. Because not only does it target audience that is not following you, but it also targets your audience that's following you. So my TikTok has 135,000 followers right now, I think. And I posted a video, same exact video I posted on my Instagram, got 2,000 views on my TikTok, and got 500,000 views on my Instagram. And I have less followers on my Instagram than I do on my TikTok. But it's because TikTok's algorithm is Instagram's old algorithm. And so it'll target people that are more of following like those type of interests. Whereas now, Instagram, you know, for a while it was filtering through and it was like only certain people that you were kind of checking up on or like people that they felt like you wanted to see. It wouldn't show you top post from five minutes to two days ago. It was like two minutes, five days ago, 30 minutes ago, two hours ago, and it was really random. Yeah. I remember so that. with these reels, it takes the Instagram algorithm with their regular feed and the TikTok algorithm and puts it into the same thing. So that's why I use that to my advantage, and it boosted me so much because it was targeting people that follow me, people that don't follow me. Whereas on TikTok, if I post something, it's really, everyone only stays on the For You page. Nobody goes on the following page. So TikTok sorts it for you and for following whereas Instagram is following and for you technically. So the Instagram reels, like I'm averaging 120,000 on every single Instagram reel. I just posted one today and I'm also, I learned that being consistent with your posting, posting at the same time, every single day I post at 12 o'clock because in my insights, that's when it says that those are, that's when my followers are the most active. However, I was just telling my friend about it, and she looked at her insights, and she's like, oh, it says 6 o'clock is when my followers are the most active. But most of her followers are, and it tells you the certain age. So it's like, because mine are 18 to 25, I think it is, those people are most active at 12 o'clock. But then you go to her following, and she has more female followers than male followers, and they're all older people, they're most active at 6 o'clock. So from what I'm looking at, I'm assuming, okay, well, she's probably getting more of the people that are older, just getting off work, they go sit down on their couch and go on their phone. Whereas I'm getting people where it's like, oh, they go on lunch break at 12, and then when they get home, they go hang out with friends, or they go do whatever. So they're not on their phone. So it's kind of like reading your insights is a really, really key thing to going big, I think. Based off of my experience and like what I've learned. But like like I said, like that's why mm-hmm. I want to get into marketing because I want to know more about it. I what think, do you think it's so about- cool. What do you think
1: about YouTube? Do you do like the YouTube videos at all?
3: I started. Two okay. months ago. Um I started in I it was two months ago, maybe. It was Orlando was my first video. Um I don't know YouTube yet. I really don't know because I'm at I think I'm at 1,500 followers now, but... I know they just started with the
1: shorts as well. Like, there was, like, this whole thing where they were trying to give out, like, a bunch of money to creators who were, um, switching over to their shorts, which I think are, like, only up to 30 seconds.
3: And that's on YouTube?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, really? I would have to look into that. I don't... So, I just started the YouTube thing, um... I'm doing pretty decent. Like, every video is getting around 1,000 views. I have 1,500 followers. I I think the reason... Like, I haven't figured out YouTube yet. And the reason why I say that I don't think I figured it out is because... Even though I only have, like, five videos posted that are recent... um, I have 1,500 followers. So, of those five videos, I've gained 1,500 followers. But I think... That it's because it's all coming from Instagram. Because I really promote it off of my Instagram. And I average around Mm -hmm. 20,000 views on a story. So if I'm like, which is why I'm saying like I don't think I have it figured out. Because I have 20,000 views who can literally swipe up and click one button to subscribe. And I only have 1,500 subscribers. So I don't know. I have to look into that more. You have
0: it more figured out than we do. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> I had no idea how that worked. And I was listening and I was like, I hope they're jotting this down because we're so
3: old. I and we, I'm like, it's yeah. taken us three years. We got 4,000 followers. <laughs> it was horrible. And then, like, I had another. I had one video on my TikTok. TikTok, I think, is also a key thing as well to use to your advantage. Because... I have a lot of people from TikTok. At one point, I had a video that blew up on TikTok, and it had 2 million views. And I was thinking, like, 2 million was a lot. And I gained 20,000 followers from that, I would say. I literally, my DMs were going insane, and I was asking people, how did you find my Instagram? They were all telling me TikTok. Some people were sliding in and were like, oh, I just saw your TikTok video. my gosh, dream girl, whatever. Like, it was Everyone would always say TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And I'm like, hmm. So TikTok is like where I'm getting all of these followers from. And then I was like, I don't really, I'm not a fan of like dancing in front of the camera. So <laughs> I was like, if I wanted to be a dancer, I would have, but that's not what I chose. <laughs> but it was kind of dumb because like I literally was posting so many drift videos and like it was just drifting, drifting, like just in my car. And then and I posted one video of my face, and it, like, blew up. And I was like, wow, like, TikTok is really messed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I think TikTok a t-
2: us. It's yeah, that 97% not me- right Yeah,
1: what TikTok.
0: I said TikTok.
3: that 97%. Yes, it is. That 97 came from TikTok. And from that Instagram reel. <laughs> Damn.
2: That's insane. Yeah, we've had some videos get like a couple hundred views. I mean, and then other ones get like two.
1: And I'm yeah, like, for oh, some thanks. reason our TikTok on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, like our reels will do really well on Instagram, but the same exact reel comes from TikTok. We just kind of repost from TikTok, and our TikTok videos don't get like any. We'll get we're lucky if we get five views. And I'm like, how?
3: I feel that. And I'm like, what the heck? Why is TikTok like this? But it honestly, I genuinely think there's somebody behind there and they're just clicking randomly who's going to go viral. Like, you just got to be patient. And don't ever delete any content because I was deleting content. My first video that blew up on TikTok was around 900,000 views. And every video prior to that that didn't have 10,000 views, I would delete but then i noticed when my second video blew up i didn't care anymore i was like i don't care if it has 2000 views sitting on it like to me like if i were a sponsor and i and i'm scrolling through i'd be like oh they're very inconsistent you know cuz sponsors look at that kind of stuff so i was like oh if it has 2000 views i would delete it versus something that had 10000 views i would keep it however when my one one video i that blew up to 2 million on tiktok it sat on tiktok for three weeks before it even got any engagement and randomly i woke up the next morning and i was like i have twenty thousand followers on instagram because of this one video and it's at one million views like that makes no sense and so then but then on top of that every other video prior to that because they go to your page they're gonna watch that one video then they're gonna start scrolling through the other videos The videos that were sitting at, like, 2,000 views all got boosted up to around 20,000 or 30,000. So don't ever delete the content because it has potential. And I think that's weird, too, because, like, that video, it's the video of me walking in the trailer in regular clothes, and I walk out of the back of the trailer in my suit. And it just randomly blew up. And I'm like, what the heck? That was so weird. So, TikTok, I literally have a love-hate relationship with it because it's so inconsistent. However, I've noticed that the Instagram reels are, like, where it's at right now. Because, like, I was explaining the algorithm. It has both algorithms mixed in.
1: So, since we've been talking about, like, content and stuff, I'm just curious. Who are your current sponsors?
3: Current sponsors. So, um... Main sponsors, title sponsors would be 212 Performance, Swanson Motorsports, um, we have a few, I might be coming out with a new title sponsor for next season, which is exciting, but, or maybe even for the rest of the season, I don't know, we're talking, um, 212, conte conte Wheels, uh, GT Radial, um, Comp Cams, Advanced College Technology, Borla, Willwood, Rugged Radios. That's about it.
2: Um, cool. So I guess to wrap it up, what is something that you would tell people, like any advice that they want if they're looking to like get into a new sport or, I don't know, just try something new?
3: Um, my number one thing is always try. Because you'd rather go out and try than not try at all. And if I were to never have been like, oh, yeah, like, I want to come drive your drift car, when he said, hey, want to come drive it, I would never be where I'm at right now. There's always opportunities in front of us, and we tend to not take them because we're scared. But I hit the wall as well. Like, I crash, too. I break things. I fail, but the only reason why I'm as good as I am is because I failed. If I would have never tried and never failed, then I wouldn't be as good as how I am. So it can be very intimidating sometimes to go out and try something new because maybe all the boys are watching or there's a whole crowd around you and you're the only girl doing it. But then again, what is the worst that's going to happen? You go out and crash. Pros crash too. Pros fall. Pros break things. Like, it's all part of learning. That's really cool. we got to
2: get you to one of our Drift Kitchen events because that was really inspiring. (laughs)
3: Good. Also, confidence is key. I think that's one thing that I learned this year is having confidence. Not a lot of people that I know have confidence and I think it creates a lot of issues for them. Even just whether it's confidence in your driving, confidence in you going out and trying something and making a plan. Like if you are confident and you walk in a room, you feel like you're welcome there, you feel more happy to be there. towards if you don't feel very confident when you walk in a room, you're just like, Yeah, like This is not enjoyable. So having confidence, I think, is the number one thing, which has helped me with my qualifying runs. Like I would go out there and I'd be like, so scared. And I would always zero my first run. And then my second run, I would score. I don't know what my issue was in pro am, but like, I could never just go out and do it. But it's because I didn't have confidence. I was like, oh, I just went and nailed this routine like over and over again. But then now I'm in front of people. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if they're going to think I did good or I hope I don't get scored low by the judges like no I'm out there because I enjoy it I enjoy doing this like and if I have confidence and go on to it then I find that my performance is way better than not having confidence
2: damn that's some really good advice (laughs) I'm going to use that for this weekend when I I'm doing my first competition this weekend so
3: I'll try to remember that because I feel like another tip make a plan If you have a plan, you don't have any unknowns. So when you're going out for qualifying and you're like, all right, I do this every time before I go out, I envision it in my mind. I close my eyes. I'm like, nobody talk to me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to initiate first, second, third, initiate. Outside zone one, I'm going to start deep, far right of the track. And then I'm going to go left, super deep. I'm going to transition late. I'm going to hit the inside clip. And then I'm going to go transition back outside and then I'm gonna finish so if you go out with a plan and you have the confidence in that plan and you plan to follow that plan then there's no unknowns it's not like oh my gosh I hope I don't go out and mess up it's like no I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do good and this is exactly what I'm gonna do and this is how I'm gonna do it so then you're not sitting there with the butterflies and your stomach's turning like "Uh uh-oh what's about to happen
0: yeah
2: that sounds more normal.
3: (laughs) exactly
2: Thank you so much. Your competition. I'm going to do the street league, uh, U.S. Drift Street League. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah, I figured I'd just try it. I mean, you
3: know. Yes, exactly. Try it. Literally, my point. Try it. Taylor's (laughs) going to crush it. Even if you don't, we all start somewhere. Literally, if you zero, it's okay. I zeroed my first three competitions. It's fine.
2: Yeah, as long as I can, you know, keep my head straight and not fall into that, like, nervousness or, like, butterflies of, like, oh, I hope I don't fuck up, then I know I'll be good.
3: (laughs) Make a plan, I'm telling you, it makes things so much easier.
2: I will. I'm going to take that advice. (laughs) I'm
3: glad.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Of course. I'm glad we finally worked out a date.
3: I know. We're going to have to do it again. I think we should do it again at the beginning of the season to see, like, where okay. I'm at. Hallelujah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That would be awesome. All
0: right. You have a good
2: night? If we can get you to a Drift Kitchen event, that'd be great. If you want to help instruct um, yeah, us. Yeah. Will okay. you
3: send me the stuff, the info for it? Yeah. Yeah. Together all of my calendar stuff. So I will definitely see what I can do. I'm in the process of trying to get another car so I can have a competition car and a car to go on play. Cause right now my biggest issue is not having seat time and I'm like, I need to go play, but I can't play if my car's on the East coast. So yeah, we're going to try to like comes into play.
1: We're going to try to do maybe something on the West coast next year too. So,
3: okay. Yes. And let me know if you need any help with that. Cause I am out here. So if you guys yeah. are interested in coming to Utah, I could, we could hook something up to do it at the Utah Motorsports campus. Oh yeah. yeah. Great. Sounds well, good
2: all right my Whitmore weekly wisdom this week is that if there's something that you really want in life then go freaking get it
1: hey guys I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor swivel mount swivel mount is a camera mount that swivels it's made specifically for drifting why waste time bothering track workers to set up your gopro mount you can have one you don't have to worry about You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me, personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. All right, guys. Have a good
3: night.
1: Hey, okay, bye. You guys have a good night, too. See ya.
0: Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble definitely check out the next episode appreciate all your support don't forget to follow drift kitchen on instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch thanks again guys